Welcome in listeners to a very, very exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have a really special guest with us today. Uh, Joining us is Jake Malovsky, who is an actor here in the city. Um, Jake and I have been speaking on Instagram. He has just wrapped up one project kind of in between shows, but he's going to be talking with us about several things today. And so we are so excited to have him on. Jake, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Andrew. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on the podcast. So this is going to be, I've been looking forward to this interview for days because this is unlike what we've normally done where, you know, we we focus on just this one show that someone's working on. Um, we're kind of focusing more, I mean, you're an actor here in the city. Um, I feel like we're, we're starting to move into the post-pandemic world uh, for the theater, knock on wood. And... Um, it's, it's exciting to hear what that world is like, what's going on. And it's just great to connect with, with performers that are out there. And you were last seen in a very interesting production I was looking into called Chasing Andy Warhol, uh, which is in one of my fa- was performed in one of my favorite areas right there by Astor Place in the um, oh, like Washington Square neighborhood. I, I'm trying to think of what they would call that area. It's near... Um, yeah, like East Village. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, by Cooper Union and all that. Right. Um, so to start things off, why don't you tell us a little bit about Chasing Andy Warhol, your last project? Totally. Um, yeah, it, it was a very um, unique experience. I was in, um, I moved to the city in the fall of um, 2019 after graduating from undergrad to start my Master's of Fine Arts at the Actors Studio Drama School. And I um, had been studying through the pandemic, um, was right about to graduate in the spring of 2022, so this past spring, and then saw this call for this kind of quirky, interesting production, the Chasing Andy Warhol production. Um, and it was it was produced by Beta Breath Theater Company, which does these kind of interesting um, plays in non-traditional theatrical spaces. Um, and I had heard about them. They had done a production called Voyeur in the, um, like in the height of the pandemic that had gotten some really good press. And when I saw that it was about Andy Warhol, I just like wanted to go and check it out and see what was going on. Long story short, I ended up getting cast as Andy in this production. And there was just something about um, the way the material was presented to me, the the prospect of playing him, um, the, this moment where he is kind of, he was having this kind of resurgence and the like backing of this company um that made me take this leap and some really honestly great advice from mentors and professors at um the extra studio drama school that um led me to take a pause from my mfa join this production and then it ended up spending um seven months total in the uh, the rehearsal process the the run of the play itself playing andy working on this show um and we've wrapped up in july 31st and it was this really incredible experience that it definitely like changed the course of my career absolutely as like the artist in the beginning of his career yeah and i and everything i was looking into it it was a shame that i missed it because it looked really cool this immersive experience you know um and the way uh, the way that all you the entire company like portrayed this this world that you guys were creating i mean you looked spot on like Andy Warhol. And it was great because I, at the time I was reading this book about New York from the mm. on and Andy Warhol was a pivotal character. Yeah. 
city. And so I was like, well, this is interesting. I'm reading about this guy. Here's this actor playing this guy, like spitting image. And in this neighborhood that he was like, it, you know, everything just kind of coming together. So I thought that the whole production just looked amazing, you know? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And this was kind of the, that experience that you like described was kind of the the conceit of the show and it, it was something that I had to like learn quickly as we were in the rehearsal process um Mara Lieberman is the creator writer and then the artistic director of Beta Breath Theater Company and this was kind of her vision that um we would put the the image of Andy like at me as the actor and then like a bunch of other um, performers who would kind of replicate his image as well and like some of the socialites in his sphere and we would put that image and that story in this space that he really walked around in and inhabited and I get and the like kind of thesis was that um, exactly what would happen like people like you people that just like walked around the the city would would see it and then um, have this kind of like visceral connection to it. And one of the coolest parts of the play was um, doing it for so many months was people coming up and um, either attending the show or even just like seeing it as we were like performing it and like walking around and like people that knew him, people that said like could recognize us. Like you see a person in a wig, like walking around and you might not think that it's Andy Warhol, but people would like point out and, and like scream Andy while it was happening, stuff like that. <laughs> and just really spoke to the kind of phenom nature of him so many years later after his passing that just rep rep replicate his image on the street. And people still have this kind of like gut reaction to it, which was kind of fascinating. How long had this been going on for? You said you wrapped it on July 31st. How how long had it been going on for? So we opened, we did um, a couple weeks of previews at the end of March. And then I um, think our proper opening date was like April 7th or something. So the full run of the production was about five months. That's amazing. I am truly shocked. I never saw you guys like walking around with how much I'm down there. Right. I would right. have been one of those people that would have been like... Okay, there's a group walking around and, and there's Andy Warhol, like right. just chilling. All right, I guess that's a fit, you know. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. And I mean, another really cool part of the experience was just kind of like opening up. We would perform on the weekends and I would open up my phone on a Monday morning and see um, the hashtag on Instagram and people would, people who attended the show and then people who were just walking around would post these pictures of me, of the other performers, just like, in costume videos, clips of the show. And it there was this kind of like momentum to it of of people discovering it organically, exactly like you're saying. I love that. Now I just want to wrap up uh talking about this this part of the yeah, I guess this part of your life by just asking who um or what was the message you were hoping audiences took away from the show? I so I spent a lot of time with with Andy, <laughs> which was um, kind of a silly thing to say, but I I spent a lot of time reading about him, thinking about him, um, like trying to do as much of a deep dive, like looking at his work and stuff. And I think if I were to have like chosen one thing that I would hope people like would watch my performance and like take away from it, um, it would be that like he was a complicated man and that we like don't know the full story. Like yeah. I think a lot of times people try to put things on him either like he was a phony he like was manipulative you know people put all of these like kind of posthumous things on him um 
And I think he liked that actually, like that he had all these uh, labels and things attached to him and was actually like actively trying to do that. But I think more than anything, blanket statement, he was really complicated and we're not quite sure. And there's a part of the thing that like, we'll never be sure that continues to make him so fascinating. And I think we'll, we'll be reading about him. See, I mean, we'll see another play about him in the fall. The collaboration is coming yes. on the way. So there's, there will be continue to be work produced about him for a very long time. Yeah. I mentioned to you before we started how I was reading, I've been reading these books about New York because uh, I've been actively getting my tour guide license. Mm. Um, and they've been really mentioning a lot about Andy Warhol. So I love that you and I connected and I was like, this is crazy how art imitates life. And then rolled out its season and they've got that, uh, the Warhol Basquiat, Basquiat, right. um, Basquiat yeah. uh, play. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm literally just at this part in the eighties where these two are partnering and, right. and, and he's I, idolizing Andy Warhol up until that famous show, you know? And right. I was like, this is insane that there's all this happening now. Like, I, I feel like I'm literally telling the story of the theater, but it's all like, it all exists out there. You kind of see what you want to see if that makes any sense. Um, so it's amazing that that all of this is coming to life. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And not to mention the, like, as soon as we started previews, the Netflix documentary came out, which was really interesting and exciting because it was then people were coming to the show having seen the documentary and were thinking like, and were pointing out parts of the show that they had seen in the doc, like referenced in the doc. And that was a really cool, like, Kind of like cross media medium like experience of people seeing a tv show about it coming to the play coming to the then going back and watching the tv show again that was kind of cool I want to I want to shift away from that that last show and I want to totally. turn to um, you are an actor here in New York you're an actor in the industry and as I'd mentioned Knockwood we're we're moving to this post pandemic world um, what is it like being an actor in New York um, in the post pandemic world so your show closed on the 31st of July mm-hmm. it's been about a month what what would you say describe the world that you're in right now with the theater what are you, what is a typical thing for you, typical day for you, you know? Yeah, I think that's, I love that you asked that because honestly, I don't think we, I think we hear a lot about actors that are like at a point in their career where they're just, um, things get sent to them and yeah. they're just like going from one project to one project. And it's a very real experience to like close something on the 31st and be like very, like, and be in between projects. And that's totally a, like a part of the lifestyle. Um, and like I am at the beginning of my career. So it's something that I am um, actively trying to figure out. And there is this, this interesting balance of um, how do you like kind of um, with your whole heart, pursue what you want and like submit yourself for things, yeah, work with your team, make sure that you're like going after it like vigorously and like with a lot of energy. And then also find time to just like stay creative when you're not like have a specific outlet. It was like, you know, such a joy, like to have 
at like a, a concentrated time week after week to like go into the show and like plug yourself into that artistically. And so when you don't have that, I spend now a lot of my time like reading plays, going to see theater, talking with actor friends, just like kind of keeping myself in that world to to be ready when the next thing comes along. That That is fantastic. And I love that you mentioned that you're seeing shows. I feel like that's something that's lost a lot of times. People just assume the minute that a show closes, actors are just immediately back to their, as I call it, muggle jobs, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and trying to find, the, you know, make the next connection, get the next big break. And it's like, well, Yes, but also, I mean, we are in this for a reason. We, we can't oh my gosh, yeah. the craft that we love. Totally. Know? And some of my greatest, like, my greatest joy of, one of my greatest joys of living in the city is, like, being able to go with friends and, like, see all this great stuff that's happening, like, Broadway, off-Broadway, off-off. And, um, and then also supporting my other actor friends that are doing, like, super mm -hmm. cool, interesting, like, little projects in the city all over the place. Look, going to a Broadway show is amazing, but there's something yeah. also special about going to a show that you know someone in and you oh, get to support them. I, I am a firm believer of like, send me anything that you're doing. I love to be there just to support you because that's what we should be doing as humans, just supporting one human to another. So I, okay. I genuinely mean when I tell people, I'm like, tell me what you're in, I'll go see it, you know, unless it's something really, really weird out there. <laughs> I'll be like, listen, I support you in what you're doing, but... But I cannot. <laughs> or if it's in Jersey. No, I'm totally kidding. I, exactly. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to um, be a trip, by the way. <laughs> so you, um, so auditioning's going well then. Um, yes. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff coming. Obviously, the theater is uh, bouncing back. Totally. Um, you also mentioned to me that you're in a sketch comedy group, which yes. I peeked up at because I, I come from an improv background. So I was like, go on. Tell me totally. more about this sketch comedy group. Um, I, in this kind of like in-between moment, I had like sort of a friend of a friend show me this opportunity for a, um, group called That Just Happened. Um, and they do, um, they have been doing sketch comedy that's kind of like New York City, um, based little like scenarios. And they're, um, they've been doing that for like a number of years now. And they performed at the pit, they performed at Asylum, and now they have like a every other month residency at the Players Theater um downtown um so they were looking for actors for their august show and i joined them and we did it um just last weekend and it was such a blast and they um yeah it was like such a good time just like kind of i i also did improv in college which of course is a super cool thing to be able to say that you did you know the coolest right. thing <laughs> um and they so it was fun to like plug yourself back plug myself back into that world and just kind of like be a little silly do something that's like kind of like low-key and fun um after having done this run this play run for a very long time that's i i that's fantastic there's nothing quite like improv and i feel like oh it's yeah. definitely one of those like great tools to have in your pocket because totally. i've been to some auditions where they're like okay we're gonna do something like not traditional and i'm like okay I'm going to play the game. Like this is this, and like you can see panic in some actors eyes where they're like, no, I prepared a monologue. And I'm like, what do you need me to do? Totally. Like, yes. And all day long. Let's do <laughs> like, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of anything. I have, I have done some stuff in my life. Let's go. Absolutely. You know? And it also comes in handy if something goes wrong in the middle of a show. Oh my gosh. Of course. Have, you know? And, yeah. Which happens all the time. 
Oh yeah. Anytime people are like, everything just goes flawlessly. I'm like, no, you just don't notice it because everyone is really good at their job and they make <laughs> work and you're like, that was amazing. That wasn't planned. <laughs> I also think right now there's like such an appreciation of comedy, you know, like we, I, as much as we're turning to really important stories and um, stories with a lot of depth and meaning and significance, we're also turning to silly escapism um commenting on like those everyday like kind of minutia crazy things um and i love that like i have always been like such a yeah like i've always appreciated it and I, it's it's how i fell in love with performance in the beginning so i love going back to that the world is on fire so much you can either cry or laugh and you know what laughing okay. is just more fun absolutely <laughs> oh yeah that's I completely agree. Those that is the two dynamics we're gonna we're gonna have to deal with. We're gonna address the serious things, but also you'll get a sm sprinkling of we can laugh a little. It's uh, okay to laugh. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I want to um, wrap up this part of the interview by just asking you a couple more questions about the auditioning life. Okay. Um, and the first thing I want to ask you is if you what is your like ideal role what's your dream role oh um oh my gosh i love so in general i love plays that or i love projects that are um like kind of like serial comic i love things that like are funny but then you kind of realize that there's like a little something underneath um and i'm trying to think of a dream role I, I'll give like an example of a production that I think did that really well. I thought Straight White Men by Young Jean Lee. Um, that's like one of my absolute favorite plays. It like came to me at a time where I was like, um, like a really important time in my life. I was interning in the city in a marketing internship and was like seeing a bunch of plays. And it was like a summer that prompted me to decide to apply to go to grad school. And so, but that type of a play with that like really um, smart comedy that is subversive, but like also really dealing with like important themes, I think is just like, that's like my ideal like thing. I think the minutes also did that just on, on yeah. Broadway very recently. That's like same type of stuff. I love Tracy Letts writing. And that was such a slow burning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But clever ending. Oh, totally. and, well, and like I shocking, like genuinely, you know, I feel like I'm rarely like jaw dropped, but like I was, I, um, was shocked by what was happening. Yeah. yeah. Because it's also, you're like, this is probably not far. This happens probably not far from where you're at, from where right. you're sitting. Like it, oh. And that, exactly what you're saying, like realism that then becomes absurd. Like you don't realize how absurd it, how absurd it is until like the thing happens. But like you're, you think you're just like in a normal set. You know, you think you're just having a conversation and then it like explodes into something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the last question I want to ask you is um, auditions are switching back to in-person. Mm. Have you had any in-person auditions and have you noticed they're, that they're different now than they were pre-pandemic? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so, you know, we've been, I've been doing self-tapes <laughs> for the past, you know, X amount of years yeah. now um, and they're fine and whatever, but I have definitely, I've also been, craving the the experience of going in person and I think like I have had a trickle in of in-person auditions and now I feel like when I'm auditioning for a play it's play specifically not so much like 
um, film and TV. But when I'm auditioning for something that's like New York centric, um, I'm nearly always in person now, or like if I do a screener on video and then I'll come in in person, um, which is awesome. And I love, I love that experience. Um, I do think there is like a renewed sense of people are grateful to be there. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in the holding room and one actor, it's like such an actor thing. One actor's like, hey, like this is my first audition, like back in person, like, like how are you guys doing? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, we're all just kind of like, yeah, like that's great. Like how cool. Like, <laughs> um, Welcome back to the club. Do you have yeah, your like, badge yet? <laughs> yeah, like what, <laughs> that's like, yeah, like good luck, buddy. Um, so I think like nearly every time I've gone on an in-person audition recently, someone has said that, which I love um, and I'm here for, for sure. Uh, yeah, but I, I do. There's nothing to replace that kind of um, little like moments of magic things that can happen when you just like meet the playwright, meet the director, meet the team in the room. And so I, yeah, I crave that. On our show, we like to not only talk about, you know, breaking the show down, or in this case, talking about the industry, but we do like to get to know the uh, uh, your own personal experience um, in the theater, which, I mean, we've already been doing, but um, I want to switch gears from the actor to the, the theater lover a little. And yeah. I would like to start off by asking, what shows have inspired you in the past or, or do you love? And I can I want to broaden that as well to composers or playwrights. Okay. Yeah. So let me get that loaded question just right out of the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll take like, you know, two seconds to respond to. Um so I kind of alluded to it earlier when we were talking about um like dream roles and stuff, but I so in the summer of 2018, it was the summer going into my senior year of college, and I um I in college I had a um, dual degree so I was getting a business major and a theater performance major and so in the summer, <laughs> <thank you. laughs> um, so going into my senior year I was interning at a like marketing agency doing kind of like data analytics for them and it was it was draining and I didn't like it and it was like I really learned what nine to five was I really learned what this whole experience was um, but the really cool part of it was it was my first extended period of time living in New York and I had all of this access to all of this incredible theater like we've talked about and I would after my internship was done I would like you know <laughs> get my ass up to the uh, TKTS booth and um, do the lotteries and try to get as see as much stuff as I can and I ended up seeing like there was kind of this incredible like summer season at that time so I saw Straight White Men which I loved um, I saw um, the Once on This Island revival was yes. that summer, which was um, totally, I'm not necessarily a musical theater performer, but I like absolutely appreciate it and like love seeing that stuff and love seeing, you know, that Michael Arden direction where it was like so 
like immersive essentially and like mm -hmm. done in such a creative way and I thought really like acting focused it was an incredible production to see and then I have a vivid memory of sitting in the literally the last row of the last mezzanine at the Neil Simon to see um the Angels in America revival oh um, which was incredible at the very end of its run and did like the two-day thing and had that whole like experience and that was incredible so there was like three and like there's probably some others that I'm missing from that summer that were like I, I would go see the show and then write in a journal about like what was so incredible about the performances what was like what did I want to be able to do that these actors were doing so it was yeah there was a couple of things in that summer that were really changing to me and that I was had, that was a summer for plays I remember that very well travesties was another one I remember yes. um and I love that you theater journal because, like, right behind me, these are all our theater journals right there. Totally, yeah. And I you think it, you know, like, yeah, it's just at that time it was really important to me because I was like thinking about going into training, and so it was really important to me to think like, okay, so we're seeing like you know New York theater is presumably like the best in the world, right? And we're seeing like the best actors and the best whatever, um, and so we it was important for me to think like what critically are they doing that I wish I could be able to do and like how can I learn to be able to do that you know well leading uh into that have you seen any great theater lately that you would recommend to our listeners yes listeners let me think um <laughs> oh my gosh I just this past week saw Titanic have you seen it yes I so I, we saw it when I got back from Salt Lake um uh, I had to go to Salt Lake because my father passed and I came oh, back okay. and that was like literally got off the plane. We went to Titanic and I was like, this is exactly what I needed. That is I definitely took my mom to that on Saturday. It's oh, so good. good. How did mom like it? Was mom? Is mom that loved a... it. Mom, yeah. mom was living it. She, and she had the same reaction where she's like, this is just what I need. And I was like, isn't it though? Like, this is exact. this is just the right amount of just crazy ham and cheese that you need. And the uh, the leading lady who plays Celine is just oh, fantastic. She helped write it, of course. She's the co-writer, and yes, it's so smart. And um, I think that's why it is so successful. Is it's so ridiculous, but it's smart ridiculous. Oh, a hundred percent. They're like, they're just camp enough. Totally. And that like when you're gonna build something as camp, like when when you're gonna like say that like, you're gonna sell it as such. It like needs to like that. I think is putting such a um, like a level of pressure on the on the production itself, um, because it has to be smart and it has to be um, it, it has to be like like the minutia has to be there and the details have to be there. And I think yes. that like the performances that you're seeing, even though they're it's like they're sort of parody performances. Like I think they are critically like fantastic performances. Yeah. The actor who played Jack was doing this thing where he was like imitating that thing that Leo does in the movie where he is kind of like this like boy, like wonder kid boy who like doesn't know anything. And he's doing this thing with his body the entire time, which is just like so perfect and so funny and so spot on. It, it's like just absolute smart comedy. And I can't recommend it enough. The it's actress totally that had played Rose had the, the head twitch down the, the like yeah. snappy head twitch that you kept yeah. seeing in the show. Yeah. Totally. It, it, it was camp enough that we giggled, but not so camp that we were like, wow, this is like rolling on the floor. Like the, totally. the actors just rolling on the floor doing that, you know, the, uh, yeah. You, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. 
they're not like begging for laughs they're actually just like like it's coming in the laughs are coming in waves because they're just like it's confident performance because it's like that good you know yeah i hope to see it again i'm so thrilled to see that it extended and it's awesome to see like it's a passion project for these two for this like creative team and they've just been like putting together like i love the story behind it i love how they've been putting it together for a couple of years and it was like a drunk thought at a bar and i just i think it's a great there's nothing to do but support it i think yeah oh if you're looking for a fun time listeners seriously titanic at the asylum it's great it's it's i don't think you will uh i don't think you'll leave change and inspired to create art but you will definitely definitely have a good time um any other shows you might want to throw out there that that our listeners should go see or that you were like oh my gosh amazing what do i have on my little list i want to see the take me out the take me out is coming back yep excited to see that so i didn't get to see it in its first run so i'm excited to go see that brilliant it's really good and i think yeah i think that's all i have do you have anything what have you seen most recently oh my gosh i mean where do i begin no um i've been doing a lot of uh the same old same old because we've had family in town so i i've re-watched stuff but the most recent new thing i saw uh was actually uh an interview that i had recently which was randy dandy's coaster castle which is playing at ART theater. Yeah, I saw uh, and it. Was, yeah, it's very well written, very well performed. I cool. was really like, yeah, okay, this is great. And uh, they're in their final week of performances. Oh, awesome. Oh, Into the Woods has been fantastic. Yeah. Into I the Woods. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I, now that it's extended, I really want to. Uh, it's, I saw it in New York City Center and then um, seen it on Broadway. I was like, oh, oh that's God. a cool experience. It's, yeah. The simplicity is what makes it just so. Mm. Oh, and then of course I will say Kinky Boots is back, and I, yes, I I'm a that. sucker for Kinky Boots. I mean, who who can't like the boots? You know, <laughs> everybody loves the boots, baby. So, what's your favorite part about working in theater? My favorite part about working in theater is, yeah, uh, it's the people. Absolutely, I think you know, a little cliche, but um, I saw an interview with. Andrew Scott um and he he's one of my favorite actors and he was talking about um actors who sometimes say oh you know I don't like I'm not friends with actors I just work with actors and I want to like you know I don't like theater people I just like work with theater people um and he was saying how like ridiculous that is and that if you like like nearly most of the job is just being around and being with other actors directors play like just creative people um and I completely subscribe to that I think like some of the greatest joys of doing some of the shows that I've done is um, the people that I've met, building my network and making like actually, you know, dear, dear friends from this experience. Yes. A thousand times. Yes. I, you get family from this industry. You really do. You, the, 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 the bonds you build and the experiences that you share, you don't do that in a normal job. You don't have that vulnerability in a normal job. So the trust and the relationships you build, even over the course of like a four week or a six week run, I mean, it's incredible. Totally. And if we're talking about like auditioning, like I, like some of the most exciting things that have happened to me recently are um, friends from Andy, friends from other projects that have been like, oh, hey, like I saw this listing or, oh, I worked with this company and like, you know, they're looking for people like here, like submit, submit. And that is like such a, like, like oh my gosh like the generosity there and like the like to have the support of other people that are like trying to do the same thing as you are um that think about you and think like oh you would be right for something is like so like that is just um 
like invaluable. So what is, I love this question too. This is one okay. of my favorites. What uh, is your favorite theater memory? Favorite theater memory? Um, right now, no. Um, <laughs> I, oh, you too much. I know, I know. When you on more often, you just make uh, me feel so Come on in. Favorite theater memory? I mean, there are so many, obviously. I'm tempted to think like. You can pick a few if, you, if you'd like. I mean, this is your interview. This is my interview. Well, definitely. <laughs> I would think about like times when I first started doing it in high school, but I, I think a favorite memory was the first project that I had done when I was in um, in New York. It was in between my first and second semesters at grad school, and I was doing this play with um, a small company based out of Rhode Island. It's called First Hand Theatrical, and it was about um, a um, a Soviet Russian immigrant to the United States during the Saved Soviet Jewry movement. Um, and her name was Bena Shklenoi. And she and the author of the play like self-produced the play and they were doing a run in Rhode Island and then we did a run at the Actors Fund Arts Center in Brooklyn in New York. Um, and it, it was really about her family and the, it was a two-person play. So one, the other actress was playing her this woman Benna whose immigration story it was and I was playing every other person in her life so like a narrator and then kind of like popping into all these other characters so I played like her late husband her children all these types of things um and I got to meet a lot of her family and there were um the the most constant character I was playing was her husband who she really really loved and was like really kind of a um just like a, a lovable loving guy um, and, um, I met, um, after one show one night, her husband's, like, I want to say, um, his brother or another, like, extended family member came up and was talking to me about this person that I was playing and the relationship they had to him and just what it meant to, like, see him alive again on stage and that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was really, um, yeah, like, so touching, obviously, and so lovely to, to, really like step into someone else's family you know um and that was also right before the pandemic that was january of 2020 when that was happening so little did we know that I, that would be like the last thing i was doing for a, for a little while so it was when i think back on it it's like such a special thing to have like put a button on take some you know mandatory time off and then return back to stuff I love shows like that. I truly do. And 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 when you get to meet people who are directly tied to that, I actually spoke with someone who has similar experience and they said, I feel like that doesn't happen as often, you know, and you are the second person now. And oh yeah. Those are magical moments when you're telling yeah. someone's story and they're like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I actually, you know, that's me up there. Or, I know that person. And yeah. We don't get we don't get those opportunities, you know. And when you're like an actor, you just go off of instinct, right? Like I'm reading a script. I was lucky to have access to this woman who like wrote it, and so like you're just kind of like fumbling around in the dark to try to find what someone is, and then when somebody who really knows like comes and says, "Oh, like it's so affirmative," obviously, and so it makes it feel so special and so real. So, are there any other? projects or productions that you have coming out in the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you or just pounding the pavement these days we are pounding the pavement baby um i would you can follow me on instagram 
at jake.malofsky. And then you can go to my website and I post as like things come up. Um, so yeah, hopefully things, some stuff will come up soon. I think we'll be doing a sketch comedy show soon. We're still working on like details of that, but um, yeah, hope to, yeah, I'll post about it as things come up. And what was your website? My website is um, my first and last name. So just jakemalofsky.com. Well, wonderful. Well, Jake, this has been absolutely fantastic talking to you, getting a, a feel of what the industry is like these days. Uh, our young listeners, don't be afraid. Come out and be part of the theater. It's 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 hard work, but it's worthwhile work. You know, it's All right, young listeners. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jake, for joining me today. Uh, it really has been a blast talking to you. Thank you so much. Andrew, thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you for having me. And I, I love the podcast and I'm so excited to um, to keep listening and support you guys as you continue to grow. Thank you so much. Our guest today has been Jake Malovsky. He is an actor here in New York, most recently seen in the project, the show Chasing Andy Warhol as Andy Warhol. Um, he will be seen very soon in an upcoming project, which I can't wait to announce. Uh, when he lets us know, I have faith he will be in a project and a show soon. Uh, but in the meantime, you can follow him on Instagram at Jake Malovsky, or you can uh, check out his website, jakemalovsky.com. And we will be posting all of that on the information for this episode, as well as on our social media. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town Met in a foreign land One sang the praises of Cape If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.